Welcome to And What Else, the podcast with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as The Completion Coach. And today I'm joined by Sophie, also known as The Folding Lady. But Sophie, do you want to introduce yourself first of all, and for anybody that may not know what you do or where to find you, just to just introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie. You might know me on social media as The Folding Lady, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. I'm on them all, actually. And I create content which teaches people how to organize and fold clothes. And I'm an ex-retailer, so I also do sort of deals and things, Amazon finds. They're my fave. Yeah. We have held, for anybody that doesn't know as well, a workshop together because there are so many crossovers and similarities behind what drives your mission and what actually is behind the fold and what I work with people on and what we're actually digging into, which may surprise some people. But I really want to talk about, you know, the after value and what is behind the fold for you and always has been. Yeah, so I think I'll start with saying where this all started for me. I have a long 20-year career in retail and I spent the majority of that on the shop floor. So that's where my love for folding and organising came from. And what I used to see on the shop floor was if we merchandised something in a certain way, then people would buy it. And if we moved what we wanted people to buy to a more accessible place, then they could shop more easily and then they might buy it because ultimately we're there to make money and sell things. And I also realised how much I enjoyed the tidy up of the shop floor at the end of the day and how therapeutic it was. And I used to just look forward to it. And customers used to say to me in the day, oh, I I can't put that back. I can't. I mean, you've all done it. I'm so sorry. I can't fold that back. And and we'd all be like, don't worry about it. We'll do it. It's fine. Because we enjoyed the tidy up. And then that got me kind of thinking, I love all the things on the shop floor that I kind of say that I don't love at home. Like I don't love tidying up my home and I don't like, you know, making it look like this. And And then I just started applying a lot of the things that was really helpful in the store to my home. So, for example, I would organize my wardrobe and instead of hanging things that looked like they needed to be hung, dresses that I might wear once a year, I would hang things that I wanted to be more accessible. So my daily outfits, things I wore every day. And then I'd find in the morning I could get dressed for work quicker because all my things that I'd wear the most were in the most accessible place. And when I started to make it look nice and I started to fold the way we did in the store, I just had this sense of calm in my wardrobe that, oh, wow, I love that. And all this, what what I call after value, comes from it. You feel better. You can get dressed for work quicker, which means your morning's less stressful, which means the kids are less stressed. And all these things start to happen just from just some systems, some organization, just some of this stuff that we used to do in the store just worked perfectly in the home. And I thought, I'm going to spread the word on this. How did that start for you? It started in the pandemic at the very, at the very start. I came off Instagram because I just needed a break. I thought Instagram was quite heavy in the pandemic for me. 
And I just needed to come away from it. And then, you know, everyone was going on about TikTok. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a happy place. People are dancing and lip syncing. Let's go there. And for you, how much of what you were doing in both senses, A, from the fold at home and transferring those skills for that after value in the change of the impact it was having on your life, to then doing the folds online, which was during a period everybody's mental health was suffering. So it was an outlet for you to go and relieve from the stresses of what were going on. How much of this has come in to mindfulness and helping you with your own mental health outside of it being a business? Yeah, loads. And I don't think I clicked on any of that until I started speaking to people about my content, until people started messaging me. I don't think it fully clicked in my head that it could have that positive effect on myself or and other people. And sometimes I think that's what happens in that kind of situation. You, it, it's hard to say about what it's doing to yourself. But if you share with other people, then you're like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening to me. So I, I don't think the whole mindfulness and the helpfulness of it all and the perfect timing of it, because obviously everyone was at home some people feeling a little bit down. I don't think that clicked until I started talking to people and reading comments and exchanging experiences. And that was really cool. And looking at your website and looking at some of your stuff on Pinterest today, there's been so many other ways it's crossed over in the sense that you've done some amazing press. And I saw on there your bakes, mindfulness bakes. Oh my God, I love, do you know what? I make myself bake for people because I'm not a natural baker. I'm not, I wouldn't even call myself a home baker because I feel like the home bakers that we see are really good, are really good. (laughs) I am someone who would love to bake like all the time, but I need the practice. And I, I like to show that like it doesn't have to go like spot on. I also just, I find baking and making something from scratch very mindful as well and very satisfying once it's done but the important thing to remember and i i truly believe people some people forget this because of social media you're not necessarily going to do it first time it takes practice you might make a cake five times before you nail it but the beauty of it is is when you do keep practicing one recipe you start to get really good at it enough that you start swapping things out and you might like I've created recipes through practicing and through putting other people's recipes together. Yeah but what I love about the message in all of this which again is just why when we did a workshop together it worked so well even though we were talking what might look on the surface like two completely different things that didn't correlate is that it all does. In well-being, in mindfulness, in self-development, in growth, people throw the basics out the window because they think it's so simple it doesn't matter and they start going for stuff that they're looking for deep, deep, like the magic pills, the big events, rather than, you know, are you looking after your basic needs? How's your sleep? Are you eating well? Have you drunk water today? Some really basic stuff that people forget to do in the chase of something bigger. The idea of seeing how we can collate what we've got to make things better before we go out and change everything you know quite often 
everybody's saying to me, you know, what can I get? What's your link for this? What's your recommendation for this? And I'm like, what have you already got that you're not using? And why do you use it? And usually it's because it's out of the way. Again, it's been pushed somewhere. They can't see it. They forget that they've got it. There's so many things coming in. And primarily that desire for it to be, it looks good. I'm an expert at this. I'm brilliant at this. Whereas actually in the practice, in getting it wrong, in allowing ourselves to get it wrong, but keep doing it because we enjoy it, the outcome of it is we build confidence. And in that building of confidence, we're developing our recipes, we're developing what we're doing. And that's translatable to everything. Yeah, totally. It's like when I bought your journal back in the day, best journal ever. For me, I find it quite hard to get new stuff into my routine. So when it came to your journal, I was like, right, this shouldn't be an effort because it needs to be, if you're if you're saying something's going to be a daily thing that you're going to do, it shouldn't be an effort to do. And if you forget about it and you don't do it for like three, four days in a row, it's because you haven't integrated it into your routine you haven't organized it properly so like what I think about well where am I gonna write in this journal and I don't know you could trial that a few mornings where where are you gonna write in it and then find a spot that you don't miss in your morning routine you need to integrate it into what you've already got and then put it somewhere where you can see there's no point in having it hidden with the rest of your books and you then expect yourself to be drawn to picking it out you won't And that's why it's really hard to give out like a set routine to people and set rules because your life is different to someone else's. Mm -hmm. So you have to make it work. And also, again, that takes practice. So, yeah, it's all about like, don't make it hard for yourself. And I think that's sometimes what a lot of people think. They think it's funny, actually, because it's quite contradictory, because I find that people are thinking there's lots of tasks and then they shun from it. But then also, I feel like some people, if something seems too easy, they think it's not enough for change. Isn't that funny? I'm nodding hard at this, nodding hard at this, because that's the primary key. For anybody that ever comes to me, the easy stuff is avoided, which again will be really basic stuff, but easy, repeatable, accessible, available, primary stuff. And because it is so easy, so basic or so simple, they would just go, there's absolutely no benefit in that. Give me something hard. And if it's hard, then that's going to be where the benefit is. And I'm like, doing easy things is also quite hard. Oh, God, yeah. And and now, everything's now. And that's why I must say the word practice so many times. It takes practice. But it's like with the cooking, with the baking, like we've got to stop expecting ourselves to be able to do it like that because we've watched it on Instagram. And often, I think here's the disconnect practice is the key to consistency but I think we've all forgotten how to practice 100% and also you know what's a burning passion or something that you love doesn't mean that somebody else has to love it to the same degree to make it a profession and I think we've almost in today's society forgotten that the amount of people I know that are learning so much about self-development and growth to be an expert in it rather than to enjoy it yes I agree enjoy a small dose for themselves and think well that's fun and it's added to my life there's this desire to be almost professional at everything that we're doing there so is I think we all just need to like like I said back to basics practice because consistency is not natural for everyone I'm certainly not naturally consistent I'm like this my brain's like that whoa 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 
And what the organizing has done for me is made me more routine and consistent, which allows space for everything else. So I think that's probably an after value of all the organizing and the folding that really helps my brain have some space. Yeah. And how that is, you know, perhaps people see that or presume if you have the desire to organize, that she's the word organize, but yeah, whatever it is that they see as that's organizing, that's something that I'm not like that. I'm disorganized. I'm chaotic. I'm more flamboyant. Whatever it is that people want to use as an avoidance to the word organized, because some people will reject that. And what I loved about what you do is it was about how you could make your life easier to suit you, not for how it looked to other people. Mm -hmm. It was about making your home accessible for you rather than how it looked when somebody visits you once a month, which is how so many people live. Yeah, that was so important for me to get across because here's the thing, I'm not a professional organiser and the majority of people online who are in this kind of space that I'm in, the organisation type space, they are professional organisers. I'm not. I'm from retail. And I just happened to realise through retail how amazing it is to have systems and, you know, organising and folding and things to look aesthetically pleasing to sell something. So it was really important to get across because it all comes from what happened in the store. And if we were to talk about communication, even with your audience and the way that you have grown to be huge, you know, where folding online has translated to a business when it wasn't a business to start with and you didn't intend it to be a business to start with. It came from passion. It came from a desire to share a passion. And now it's led to not only this becoming your full-time business, a book deal, an amazing book that came out on that, together with the opportunities, PR, television appearances, all of the things that you've gone on to do and achieve through following that passion has been embedded with your ability to learn and understand and listen to your community and audience. For you, how did this passion project turn into that crazy ride? And what's it been like? A crazy ride? Good crazy? I mean, I've always wanted to have my own business. And I did try a couple of other things throughout the years, but it didn't quite sit. And then in the pandemic, when I went to TikTok, it kind of just sat. The timing of everything was very good for me, I have to say. I'm going to lend some excellent happenings to timing. And it's just been everything that I felt like I wanted to do. I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to be at home. I wanted to do things that I enjoyed. I wanted to educate people. I wanted to inspire and make people happy. And I've achieved that and I'm doing that. But did I think it was going to be through folded clothes? No, I fucking didn't. But do you know what? I was saying to this to someone the other day, I'm so happy with it because retail, the time on the shop floor was my favorite. I loved it. But I feel so happy that I turned that passionate job into this what I'm doing now like it's so cool and I'm very very grateful for it because I couldn't have thought of a better transition from a job that I loved to now doing this 
but also wasn't intentional in that sense that you didn't start the fold of I'm going to do this on TikTok to make a business which is what I love about it it's like I'm passionate and enjoy doing this it's a lot growing it was just a bit of fun and I remember one day my mom and my sister we were at my mom and dad's house and my mom and my sister was like do you see what they're calling you in the comments they're calling you the folding lady you should definitely change your name to the folding lady and I went oh no 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 and then about two days later I couldn't stop thinking about what they said and I thought do you know what I should really brand myself and then I found this guy who does logos and also for me as well because when it started to get bigger and bigger and bigger To have my name up there and my picture didn't feel very private. And not that I was looking for my privacy because I was on there, but there is a bit of it when you start to grow, it does feel like you want to sort of keep a little bit to yourself. It's a strange feeling, actually, being on social media and still wanting the privacy. But I mean, just branding myself and changing my name did that for me it made me feel a little bit more private like I could keep something which was my name there's people on TikTok if I post because I often with the folding obviously it's just my hands but now and again I'll post a video and they'll be like face reveal (laughs) yeah this one look like they still don't know what I look like Instagram do because you've got Instagram stories and I speak on there but took me a really long time to show my face a really really long time and why was that I just didn't feel like I knew everyone well enough you know, it started because the folding was just my hands. It wasn't any need for me to be in the videos. And then I was thinking, the reason I've become more comfortable mainly on Instagram is because I've connected. You can connect better with your audience on Instagram, 100%. And I think it's just like any other friendships. You get more confident the longer you're in them, don't you? And I yeah. feel like that's how it's been for me on social media. I wasn't very confident in my friendship with everyone to begin with and I've grown with got more and more confident with everyone so it wasn't anything to do with like you know showing my face for I think there was an element of showing my face for the book because then for the book I had to go on tv as well so I remember thinking but that again that was more of a friendship thing they told me that I had to do some media for the book release I was like what my followers haven't even seen my face yet And then I was like, right, well, I feel more comfortable with them now anyway. I'm going to start showing my face because then I don't want them to see my face for the first time because I'm selling my book. They deserve to see it before that. But yeah, I just it's like it's like any friendship for me. It takes me time to become confident to, you know, share and stuff. And again, it's that practice, right? It's not. I think people presume everything's an overnight success or it was a business plan from the start or it was very simple for you to follow X, Y and Z to get where you are. But the reality of it is it came from passion. It's using all of your skills that you had from the things that you did love about what you did in corporate, regardless of the fact retail to be exact, but regardless of not wanting to stay in retail, all of the skills that you did love and worked for you or something that you've translated into something else and it's one of the key things I'm saying to people when they're like I hate my job and I'm like well what do you love about it there must be something otherwise you wouldn't be in it there must be something that got you in the door what is it that you love and how could that translate anywhere else yeah if there's anything anyone learns from me from listening to this is transferable skills and knowledge and experience are a thing I have transferred retail shop floor skills into content creator 
you couldn't think of two jobs that you wouldn't relate. But I'm telling you, I can run a business extremely well because I ran businesses on the shop floor. But you can transfer, you have got, you can change. If you feel like you want to change to a different sector, please take me as as an example that you can do that. Retail to content creator. I mean, it's just like, and also let's face it, business owner, author as well. Girl Mm. wrote a book. uh, What, like, I don't even know how I did that. I was never very good at English at school or writing. I haven't got the ability to sit still for very long. But, you know, I took the opportunity to do it. I was grateful for the opportunity. I told myself to be grateful for the opportunity and I did it. And I published a book. I run a business. Yeah, I'm always saying to people, whilst you're in something that maybe isn't the dream or the big end desire, what can you take from it? Especially if you feel like your monetary exchange isn't fair right now, what experience, what can they teach you? What can you get from where you are right now that's going to make it so much easier when you do transition, that's going to give you skills that are going to serve you forever, wherever you go? Yeah. And really get involved in that. Again, instead of looking for the getting out of here is what's going to change my life, what's here that's going to really support me changing my life? And instead of hating it, what can I gain from it? What can I exchange here that's going to serve me for a really long time? I think the money thing's a massive factor for people, though. It was for me. I was so scared. I was on like a monthly wage and I was secure and routined in my money. And then I had to go like to think about not knowing when you're next. I didn't I can predict if I was going to get jobs, if I was going to get paid. And I also didn't know how other ways to monetize my business. But actually, it took a period of working both jobs. I worked I worked both jobs for nearly a year and I saved up a certain amount of money. I think I saved up what would have been maybe six months worth of wages in comparison to my last job to give me a six month grace period to be able to not make any money on the other side. Yeah, I did the same. I don't think it spoke about enough, although I was self-employed yeah. in my last company as well. I've been self-employed for 15 years. So I knew how to run a company. I knew how to be self-employed, but I didn't just ditch one for the other. It was a two-year bridge I built. I didn't make like any money for so long. And I really really couldn't say I settled on it until maybe a couple of years in where I felt like oh I might actually not be going back to the shop now I think I'm good but then also I feel like as well that first part for me because I'd never I'd always worked corporate I'd always had a paycheck I made so many mistakes in the first two years with my business like money like taxes and you know making mistakes on what I felt I should buy to make content and da 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 And I'm, what, maybe four years in now? And I feel like this year has been the year. Last year, I kind of recognised that, that I'd made some mistakes with investments and things. And then this year, you know, I set some goals and I I started thinking back to what we used to do in the store. We used to have KPIs. We used to have goals. And then that relates to what you teach as well about. And I just started organising my business side of my life. But I feel like this is the thing, the mistakes that you make do shape your planning. Yeah. That's what's really important for me. 
I love to make a mistake because I learn more from a mistake than I do from anything else. So yeah, I love a bit of failure. But I think a lot of people think failure is comparison in reality, whereas true failure is where we go, most people won't know your failures apart from you. Yeah. But you will be the one going, fuck, I need to stop this out. Yes, you're so right. I bet you a lot of times you're the only one that sees it, you know. Yeah. But it was, I, I've always been really good at failure. I used to be, I'm better at failure than I am at change sometimes. But my dad, I, something I can't remember what it was, but my dad, you know, sometimes someone says something and you're like, and you refer back to it for the rest of your life. And it wasn't anything profound, don't get me wrong, but I was worried about something once and I was really upset about it. And I never often like cried to my dad, but at that time, I can't remember what it was, something teenagery. And I was so upset and I was so angry. I was so embarrassed. My dad just turned to me and he was so chilled and he was like, Sophie, did anyone die? And I was like, no. He's like, is everyone okay? Are you okay? Am I okay? Is your mom like, who else? Who's important to you? Are they all okay? And he said, so it's okay. It's fine. Because of that, it's nothing we can't work through quite simply. And I was just like, and it wasn't just what he said, but I just found that quite profound in my life when he said that to me. And I was like, man, you're so right. Because I used to act like everyone, someone had died every time. And I was like, he's so right. But what, what he was really saying, and I didn't take it literally, I have to say, but I think the way I interpreted what he said to me in that moment was that the worst case scenario of things that are important to you hasn't happened. So when something worries me a little bit, or I do feel like maybe something could affect me as a, not just failures, but other stuff, I always go back to that conversation that he said, and I run through things in my head. Are my kids okay? Are they healthy? Have we got food in the fridge? Have we got a roof over our heads? Can we pay the mortgage next month? All those basic things that I feel like would be a real worry to me if we couldn't do them, maybe. And then I'm like, okay, fine. And for some reason, it just clears me a little bit and gives me a bit of clarity on the situation. And then I work through it better. Yeah, I think that's, it takes the emotional charge out of things. Yeah. Because we're pausing. Simple as that, you are pausing to run through a checklist. And much like people who are having anxiety or panic attacks will say, can you see or find five things and name them? You're getting them to slow their brain down, to pause. It's the only thing that you're doing. And then doing that, we can stop the race from where it's going. But what I'd also stress, and I say this to a lot of people, is (laughs) you may be suited to self-employment if you're really good at managing yourself, if you are really good at working on your own, if you can thrive in those conditions. But there's also no shame in thriving in teams, in thriving in collaborations, in thriving in something where you are managed, where there is the security of a paycheck. And don't let the idea that everybody's self-employed that seems to be out there distract you from what you're doing, being absolutely fine. Like some people just really do thrive in that environment and within the team and never want to be in management or outside of that running something for themselves and I think that's about finding again what you enjoy and what's really going on for you yeah if I was being really honest about it I'm rubbish in working for myself I could probably have done a lot better made a lot more money done even more 
mad things, but I am still practicing being self self employed, working, running my own business. I'm still practicing, and I think about it all the time. I have learned so much from a from being in a very routine because on the shop floor it was like we get there at half seven, we go to our managers meeting, then we go and do the team brief, then we eleven till three is customer service, then we do you know what I mean? There's such a great routine there. I had my breaks at 10, 1 and 3. I was in such a routine and that's that spilled into my home life. I had the greatest routine. I am a mess being at home working for myself and not having the direction of other people. I have definitely missed opportunities. But like I said, I've only just become aware of that. I've only just started realising God, I probably could have done more. Like people give me ideas and I don't want to do them. Why is it that I don't want to do that? Why haven't I done what they're doing? Oh, that content creator's started at the same time as me and she's got two, three books and she's doing this. And I'm thinking it actually is just because I'm just not, I'm still learning how to be. And, you know, I'm not like massively bothered about becoming a millionaire. The money, I just want to be secure. I don't care about being the goal isn't to make a million pounds although as a business don't get me wrong money is a measure of your Mm. business so I absolutely have that as a measure but I won't do that because I am still learning how to run a business and run myself Mm. and I find it I'm not gonna lie I find it very difficult compared to my routine at the store but I didn't realize that I'm actually really, I'm really grateful to have learned that about myself, that I need routine. So then I've only been aware of that recently, reflecting on the last four years. I did a bit, I had a bit of a reflection over the last four years and where I want to go forward and what kind of stuff I want to do. And then I was like, okay, I actually need to learn how to organize my work life because it was always organized for me. Mm. And that's new to me. And yes, that has been a barrier for me moving forward with my business and things that I want to do. But actually, I'm going to have to accept that or I'm going to get it wrong. If I just have patience, then I'll be fine. And I've been looking around at like apps and stuff that can structure my day and see if I can get myself in a routine, knowing that I'm going to thrive that way. You know, I'm grateful to be at home. I've never been at home when the kids come home from school before. They've always been, George spent his life in after school and breakfast club. And now I'm home when he gets home every day. And I'm so, I didn't realize actually how lovely that would be. And it is actually one of my favorite things to do. And I'm not saying I greet him with with a hug and a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, you're home. I don't. I'm like, you're right. But then I think if I wanted to run away with the folding lady and set up this and do a product line I've looked into a product line about five times and then I thought well then you're going to go back to not being the parent that you wanted to be at that short space of time and you've just got that with George especially Arthur's different because he's so little but George I've only got a year or two left with George until he starts I mean he's already goes out all the time but maybe I don't need to do that now because otherwise I'm going to choose to step away from him again so sometimes I think you've just got to make the choice to be happy in the situation that you're in and I think that's what I've done with the folding lady at the minute 
and there's so many people around me going, why don't you take it here? You can go and do this. You can do it. And Jacob's one of them. He's like, well, what about this? What about this? And I'm like, I'm just happy though, man. I'm just like, just give me a minute. I've just found this wicked job. I love that. And it also just shows you've got, yeah, the ability to practice where you are, practice what you're doing with the business and then see where it takes you without without knowing and having some joy in it. And also, do you know what? I'm, I've surprised that Jacob, because Jacob has amazing ideas. I love him for it, but it requires me to not. I mean, one of my goals was like I was just talking about with the children. And I just don't have the ambition that he has in that area. And I'm cool with it. But one of my goals for this year was something that he didn't. He was like, you sure? I'm like, I'm telling you, this is a great area to, for me to focus on. And I think I'll really enjoy it. And I think it'll be a good way to make money, but it'll fit in with the page and stuff like that. I'm telling you, I think it's something to look at. And so I focused on it. And he turned to me the other day because it's been a year since I set that goal now. And it, it Wendy, oh, my goal has worked out. And I was explaining it all to him the other day because I've got these spreadsheets and tracking things. And I was showing him the success of it. And he was just like, man, I just, I got that one wrong. And I was like, yeah, babe, you did. And I love that for you. And I also, I'm so proud of myself for getting that one right. I'm very mm. easily led, especially by Jacob, because he is such great chat. But I'm also very strong and I was like, no, I'm going for this one. This is this is my goal for the year and I reckon it's going to work. And it did. And I was just like, things can work out. You don't know it's going to work out. I didn't know that it was going to work out. But we didn't know that worked out until a year later. Patience, consistency. For me to hit that goal that I'm talking about, it took consistency And what was great about it is that was something that I was actually already working on for the last two years, but hadn't really put any effort into it, hadn't really put my all into it, then just decided, right, I'm going to put some effort into that year later, paying off. It takes time and consistency and knowledge and, you know, awareness and work, hard work. And to be able to reflect on the data. Because there's oh. so many people that give up and I'm like, where's your data? How are you tracking this? How do you know? Because so many people give up from an emotional place rather than true data. Yeah. And I, I think if you have data available to you, that's motivating because it's so interesting. If you have data available to you, use it. My favorite data is my data from when I have my affiliate links. Ah, oh, I enjoy that data because it reminds me of the data we used to get in the store. But it tells a story that's really important to your planning, but also really important to knowing what your audience want, what your people want. And yet, oh God, I love I love data. I'm a big fan. I'm a big I'm fan. A big fan too. Yeah, because we can make up so many stories. I know I'd made up stories. I think I was saying this at the start of the year. I'd made up some stories about the business. And I was like, I was in quite an emotional place. There was a lot going on. And when I actually got my spreadsheets out and looked at it, it was a complete lie. And yeah. my spreadsheets were able to go, no, you just feel low at the moment. You are experiencing all of these emotions. But the data was there going, that's not true. Yeah. 100%. And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and there was so much. I was just like, in very small bits of data, I'm able to go, okay, that's emotional. It's not fact. 
Yeah. Oh my God. You can use it for so many things and you got to delve into that data. I do it every morning. That's in my routine. Seven till eight while we're all eating our toast. I just have a quick look at the data. Oh, we're going to have a separate data chat. I can't wait. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for joining me for another chat. There's far more chats to be had on many different subjects, I feel, with you. I'm always grateful for your time. On the issue of questions, if anybody has any questions following this episode, please feel free to DM or drop me an email or DM The Folding Lady on Instagram. There is a book available. There are so many. I mean, you're everywhere. You're on TikTok, you're on YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram. If people do want to follow you, you're at The Folding Lady, right? On all of those handles. At The Folding Lady on every social media. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed this, please do let us know. And thank you for listening.